So it's sort of an internal defense mechanism. And I'm constantly evaluating. Did I say too much? Was I too loud? And I never got that feedback directly, but it was always something that, so you try and assimilate at the same time because you're building credibility, you're, you're building legitimacy for whatever it is that you're sharing, right? Whatever case it is that you're building. And so along the way, there, there has to be some type of assimilation and, and uh, understanding that you're coming with credibility. And so that's blended with passion <laughs> um, and all those other things that come from, you know, a Dominican family in Brooklyn. And so, when you you get all those implicit signs, you start to think, well, it couldn't have been the data that I shared uh, because I I was very strategic and thoughtful. Maybe it was the passion, the you know the the ambition, the that 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 hustle mentality that that I brought to the conversation that turned them off. Maybe. Dímelo, mi gente. Welcome to another episode of the Quien Tu Eres podcast brought to you by Plural. You already know it's your boy, Pavel Martinez, bringing you another special episode with another very special guest. Now, the clip you just heard in the intro is with this week's guest, Ivan. Now, before we get into the full episode, let me give you a quick little bio on him. Ivan was actually born and raised in New York City, Brooklyn to be exact where he earned a bachelor's degree of science in communications from NYU. Currently, he's the senior vice president and chief marketing officer of National 4-H Council. Previous to National 4-H Council, he's had various leadership positions at companies including Disney and Viacom. Because of the two decades that he spent in marketing, building some of the most iconic youth-focused brands in the entertainment world, he's been celebrated as a leading brand innovator by various publications including Adweek. To read his full bio, be sure to check out the show notes in this week's episode. And now that you know a little bit more about our guest, let's get into the episode. Let's take a step back and just start, you know, where I typically start with the, you know, with the word authenticity. When you hear that word, what comes to mind for you? What does it mean to you? Man, it's a word that's been thrown around a lot recently. Um, what I would say, Pavel, is first of all, I am a work in progress, <laughs> right? A perpetual work in progress. The fact that we're having this conversation right now where I'm speaking openly about my journey, um, I would say really uplifts my confidence that perhaps I'm doing something right. Because <laughs> you, you reached out to want to connect with me, which I'm grateful for. Um, and that hopefully is, is helpful for others to know that they're not alone and, and, and can learn something from this. But to me, it's, I would say it's a liberating realization, right? It, it's when I don't need to overanalyze how I show up. You know, now don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm from Brooklyn, 80s, 90s, Brooklyn, New York. Grew up in the hood. Uh, so there's always that filter the neighborhood filter, the hood filter probably. <laughs> um, and that's like, don't, don't be defensive. Don't sound ignorant. Don't jump to conclusions. Don't be impulsive. Um, where I come from doesn't and shouldn't give me a reason or excuse to not be thoughtful. 
and maybe there's moments of, of brilliance in there too, right? Um, but when I can bring all of those experiences, all of me and be present in the moment and the conversation, that's, that's being authentic. And I agree, it's, it's such a buzzword these days and that's why I start with it because everyone, interestingly enough, it's such a buzzword as you so often yet everyone literally has a different definition. Not one person has said the same exact thing. Um, but but you, said so, you, you said some interesting things, like one, where you grew up, right? I'm sure that had a really huge impact on, on who you are these days. But also you said, um, I believe the word was filtering, right? Like, when do you think you started to filter yourself? Like, do you have that an initial memory of that? Sure, very early in my career, right? You don't have any real corporate um, experience right out of college. And so all you have is your friends from high school, uh, your friends from college, and, and, and your friends in the neighborhood, right? Um, and so you enter the workforce, and like many others, I'm sure that you've had on this podcast, in my career, I was one of very, very few, and, and oftentimes the only person of color in the room or on the video conference. Um, and so, you know, talking about my background um, and the things that I'm interested in, my passion points, always gave me pause. Um, just speaking in general gave me pause. So I've always been quite the observer and really sort of analyzing, uh, you know, the, the room, you know, read the room. And it's like, is this a safe room? Is this a safe space um, for me to bring you know, elements of my background where it could be additive, where I'm not going to be judged, right? And so that was a constant of it. That was a constant early on in my career. I, it's fascinating, man, because if I was you, you know, in the conversations that we had previously, and I had a little bit of your background as far as the, the, the potential music career that you were having, I'm sorry, well, you kind of had a music, you, you had a music career, but the way that it was going, I was like, I would be telling everybody about that. Like, I would be so proud of the work that I have done. It's kind of like for me, um, like I dabble in art. I enjoy it, but I can't draw a smiley face to save my life. You know what I mean? But for you, like you were actually good. <laughs> like, tell me a little bit about some of those passions that you had outside of work where you were flourishing in many ways, but at the same time, you were potentially shy or, or, or maybe even insecure in sharing some of those things in, in professional settings. Yeah, uh, definitely insecure is a, is a great way to describe it. Um, it's really ironic, right? You're really proficient at something. So I felt like there's this duality and I was, I was living two worlds. And ironically, I'm in the music business from a professional perspective. And then I go and fly down to South America for a, for a short tour. <laughs> for an extended weekend um, and, and perform in front of 100,000 people at a festival in Cali, Colombia, and then fly back. And, and then I'm, I'm back to my repressive self, <laughs> if you will. Um, I don't know. I don't know what was that, what was holding me back. And I think it's because I, in thinking through it now, Pavel, it was, there was no one to relate. Um, with with those with my background that was around me um, from a professional perspective, 
right? And I was constantly thinking, how can I, how can I translate this into, you know, the boardroom? How can I translate these experiences into something that brings value to my day job? Um, and it wasn't really until, you know, I had a, a mentor who is whom I still have, um, and I'm grateful. Shout out to Neil Levine, wherever you are. I uh, love you, man. Um, who was like, he saw the spark in me. He's like, man, this kid is, this kid is hot, as he would say. <laughs> this kid is hot. He's creative and he's, he knows the numbers and like he's, he's got vision and he, he can do so much more. Um, and he really encouraged me to come out of my shell and still a work in progress. Um, this is my first podcast, by the way, my very first podcast. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm very grateful to him who encouraged me to, uh, you know, share some of those talents um, and, and bring that perspective um, to, to um, you know, to the day job, which was essentially connecting with artists and, and translating their vision and, and, you know, bringing communities together to celebrate their artistic expression and, um, and, and you know, obviously commoditize that, right? Um, for, for, you know, the betterment of the artist and, and obviously we're running the business as well um, and, and to engage with fans authentically, right? Was that the same person that, I think you told me the story that you were actually performing at a concert really late or it was some story where you came into work you looked really tired and was that the same person I was like what have you been doing why, why do you look like you just woke up is that the same person that's right <laughs> <laughs> but of course Pavel I'm you know remember I'm like 22 at that time you know 22 years old I feel like I can do this forever um, eventually the, the the fork in the road um, was, you know, became very apparent that I, I could not live this dual life <laughs> and I had to make a choice. And that really was, um, you know, came to head when I was offered the opportunity to move from New York to LA um, to kind of take on an expanded role uh, when I was working at Nickelodeon. I, I would love to get into that conversation, um, that experience when in many ways, somebody like maybe caught you in a lie, right? When he was like, wait, what were you doing last night? <laughs> and you potentially were in your brain thinking, oh my God, what do I say? Do I, do I say something else besides like what I was actually doing? And then you said, you actually told him what you were doing, being a musician. And that was sort of like that, that fork in the road, right? Like, tell me a little bit about that experience. Well, so it was a moment that I feared, um, feared for my life. And like you said, got caught <laughs> and I didn't know what to expect. And I was pleasantly surprised by the reaction. It was an immediate validation. Oh my gosh, that is so cool. Why didn't you tell me? Um, why have you been keeping this to yourself? That's amazing. Look how that relates to your job. Um, you know, so I began getting invited to recording sessions. Um, 
And so again, developing those relationships with the artists, I came with more credibility because I could speak their language, literally, they have their own language, right? Um, in the studio. Uh, and so it's just instant credibility with, with the creative community, if you will. Um, and, and that gave me the confidence to, to open up a little bit more. So he was just like, oh, are you kidding me right now? That is the, the best <laughs> thing. And I need you to not, now step it up and, and take that and, and bring, bring all of that to, to the studio, to, to the, you know, the artists that you're, you know, you're managing, to the projects that you manage. Um, I, need to, I need you to bring that experience, that added dimension uh, of, of, your, uh, your, of your value to, to work. I, I love that. And I think, the, I think the word you chose is so powerful too, fear because it is fearful. Um, and I think, I don't know if it is for you, but for me, the fear that I have is this person that's in my head, if you will, this voice in my head that is always thinking of the worst case scenarios. Um, and I think those worst case scenarios are, are different for everybody. But um, I think it's also like a result of the stories that we see in, in, in the public as well, right? I mean, I, I think I shared this example with you, but David Solomon, who's the CEO of, of Goldman Sachs, He's, uh, he's also a DJ on the side and he doesn't get any money from it. But uh, I mean, he does, but I think he donates all of it because obviously he doesn't need it. <laughs> um, but uh, I remember the board came to him and said like, whoa, David, you can't start spinning tracks on the weekend of EDM. Like you're, you're a CEO of a million dollar company, you know, public. Like you have a, a reputation to uphold. You know what I mean? And they tried to force him to essentially like choose one or the other it's like either you're CEO and you uphold to what a CEO is supposed to look like and and be like or you do this thing right and obviously they wanted him to to stop doing the DJ thing so um I think the fear is real you know what I mean like there are examples even of people that are, are are white male males that that go through these sort of um forks in the roads I'm, I'm just wondering like for you like do you remember what what specific fear you had Specific fear, no, um, but it progressively has diminished over time because of, you know, specific moments where the environment is encouraging, like that, that moment I shared with you where I sort of revealed this, this secret life that I had and the, and the, the, you know, the reaction was, are you kidding me? That's amazing. That helped me, that sort of, you know, suppressed the fear a little bit, but it's always kind of there constantly in some, some way, you know, or, or form. Um, and it's funny that you mentioned David Solomon, because I think I had, I, I gave you the, I shared the anecdote with you around a, during my time at Disney, I, um, I had the pleasure of sitting in on a leadership seminar with about 40 other leaders across the organization, enterprise-wide, right? Um, so these were you know, folks from all over the organization uh, globally. Flew out to, to Burbank, California, and one of those speakers, surprisingly, was talking about his journey and was talking about his passion for DJ. He's a Brit. And in the UK, HMV was a you know very popular 
music retail account back in the day and he used to DJ for them and do other, you know, DJs for, you know, other types of events, private events and such, just a passion of his. And he was connecting those dots with his role and how he loves global culture. He was the chairman of international for the Walt Disney Company, chairman, right? Wow. So responsible for all things Disney outside the US, Ex extremely large scope. And here he is talking about being a DJ and loving, loving to DJ. And, you know, I suppressed that fear of, you know, being judged and, and sort of took a chance and reached out to him after the, after that seminar and said, Hey, you know, I found so many things in common with your story. Um, I was inspired and would just love to, to chat. He responded within minutes and a few days later, I was sitting in his office for two hours. It was supposed to be a half hour conversation. We were talking for two hours and he said, you know what? Kudos to you out of all those leaders, all those monsters that, uh, across the Disney organization, you were the only one who reached out and you get all my time. And I'm here to help and support you in anything that, that, I, that I can. So that was a moment where I said, let me take a chance, suppress that fear, and what's the worst that could happen? You know, no response is the worst that could happen, truly. Um, and instead it turned into this, you know, I cracked the door open to, to a relationship and, you know, exposure I would have never imagined. And that was because I took that chance and, and sort of combated that fear. It's, it's such a good example around someone that before you knew a little bit about the person you were probably like i have nothing in common with this person like we're from completely different sides of the world right Com probably have different upbringings etc and by him sharing a little bit of himself you saw some sort of representation in him and you were like oh whoa like i i do similar things and you all then you have to share a little bit of you and you all make this instant bond that is far greater than the bond you previously previously had by just being leaders at Disney, right? Absolutely. And then as we talked, there was so much more, you know, one of his kids went to NYU. I graduated from NYU. I mean, the, wow. the list goes on and on and on. And, um, you know, just a wonderful example of pushing yourself and, and taking those chances and just the power of basic human connection. I love that. Um, it's, it's always, it's interesting too, because, you know, you're at this leadership event at Disney, right? And obviously, you know, you've, you've had various leadership, executive roles, CMO, VP, et cetera. Um, and I would assume, I always ask this question for, for, you know, people, let's say at your level of experience career-wise, um, I would assume that if you get to a certain point in your career, it gets easier to be yourself, right? And some guests have shared that point of view around, yeah, I'm, I'm a CMO now. Like I, I set the tone, I do whatever I want. But in my perspective, I would assume that like, I would feel more pressure if I was in an executive role, because in many ways you are representing not only yourself, but the company. Right. And I know, right. Companies say, um, 
this company is not my company. It's our company. Yeah. Okay. But like if an individual contributor says something, it's not going to get picked up in the press versus like if an executive says something and is like acting a certain way, like that's, that's more representative in my opinion. So I'm always curious, like, is it easier to be yourself as you move up the ladder per se, or, or do you feel more pressure to, um, or that fear come back? I would say yes and no. It's no cop out to the <laughs> to the question. <laughs> I think it, it depends on the situation, right? Certainly, you know, after after you know, going through a variety of of, of environments, right, um, and pushing myself, my confidence grows and that ability to be present in every moment, for sure. Um, but then there are forums where you realize the pressure and it is it's prime time and you are it's 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 bigger than me right um i'm representing a a community or an organization heck a population right um and so then you definitely feel that pressure and the filters are on <laughs> right Mm. Um, so you, it's something that you, I grapple with every single day for sure, but it's easier in the smaller settings. Um, you know, when it's one-on-one -on -one conversations and, and that's where I, I think I am most, uh, comfortable. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I would probably, um, I'd probably be the same. Uh, I'm, I'm curious too, because, you know, you said like you've been part of various um, environments, if you will. And a lot of the feedback that you shared today has been positive, right? Like, hey, you open up, people are receptive to you and, and who you are. And that makes you a bit more confident to, to be yourself. But um, I know that that's not always the case. So I'm wondering for you, like, has, has there been some pushback or resistance in, in you trying to embrace yourself at, at times? Probably not uh, explicitly. I would say maybe implicitly through body language, right? Through those nonverbal cues. Um, I'm, you know, sometimes feel, oh, he's maybe he's just a token person in the room, but it's not, there's no real data. There's no real insight there. He's just throwing things off the top of his head. Um, this is again just my perception. It hasn't. It hasn't really. I'm fortunate that it hasn't really happened from an explicit perspective. But you feel it, though, right? You you feel it. There's an energy in the room. Um, and so I'm I'm hopeful that you know conversations like this, all of this focus on DEI, um, you know. Uh, help you know you know recalibrate the workforce um so that it, it reflects the world that we live in today right and and hopefully the the energy is different and it's diverse in the room right yeah yeah i mean it, someone said this on podcast is uh i think they said the looks they give you could be worse than the words they say to you sometimes and i i felt that too because it, it's something that isn't even as tangible, although you can't necessarily hold words, but you can point to words as, look what they said, right? But sometimes when they give you looks, when people give you looks, you, 
and it, and it, I'm laughing just because I've, I've been through this, but it's obviously not like a funny matter, but it's, it's one of those times where you get the looks and because diversity may be um, a challenge, there's no one around you that can say, or you can point to and say, did you see that? And, and then you like, at least me, like I was like, all right, well, no one is in the room that looks like me. So no one can tell me that I'm not crazy, that I didn't see those looks. Right. Because it's not like they said something explicitly, but yeah, I get it. Like I've, I've been in those situations as well, where it's, where it's like, why are they looking at me a certain way? Um, tell me a little bit about that experience and you don't have to go into detail as far as like when, where, who more so want to get from your side of just from your perspective, like, what were some emotions that come up or like what was happening in that scenario that prompted potentially prompted that response from the person? Yeah. Great question. Pavel. And I'll, I'll try to articulate it because some of it is just, again, emotional. Um, yeah. But you know, most of, most of those moments, I let it get to me. I let it, you know, mess up my day. And um, I've learned from that. And, and realized you got to dust it off. Got to dust it off. I got to, I have to, you know, follow my own path and keep moving forward. Um, again, work in progress. But you feel, man, I'm not being understood. Um, and what, and, and also you start doubting yourself. For me, it was, did, did I, did I offend someone? Did I use my hands too much? Did I was I louder than than normal? Um, am I am I too passionate? Was I too aggressive in my response? Um, all of those those sort of questions pop in your head, and you and the the self doubt sort of like lingers. It lingers throughout the day, and you just kind of like try. I'm trying to hit the reset button. And I'm I'm better at it today, but that in those moments, that's that's what how it affected me. Yeah, is that is that feedback that you've received previously? Some of those adjectives that you mentioned? No. <laughs> Ironically, and the feedback has always been, "Oh, you're you're so well liked. People like you." Um, and 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 I don't know where this is coming from, Pavel. I have no idea where this is coming from. Maybe it's just culture, and I realize I come from a loud family, you know, uh, where we celebrate life and we we go hard. <laughs> you know, it was it was you know merengue up you know to the tenth you know volume, and uh, just uh, just part of how we you know. Uh, celebrated family and, 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 and life, right? And, and that would come out every now and then. And I would always be self-conscious because, because the passion sort of, you know, uh, exceeds that of the room. So it's sort of an internal defense mechanism. And I'm constantly evaluating. Did I say too much? Was I too loud? And I never got that feedback directly, but it was always something that, so you try and assimilate at the same time because you're building credibility and you're, you're building legitimacy for whatever it is that you're sharing, right? Whatever case it is that you're building. And so along the way, there, there has to be some type of assimilation 
and, and uh, understanding that you're coming with credibility. And so that's blended with passion <laughs> um, and all those other things that come from, you know, a Dominican family in Brooklyn. And so when you, you get all those implicit signs, you start to think, well, it couldn't have been the data that I shared uh, because I, I was very strategic and thoughtful. Maybe it was the passion, the, you know, the, the ambition, the, that, that, that hustle mentality that, that I brought to the conversation that turned them off. Maybe mm -hmm. I've learned to dial that up and down um, in, in the moment. Yeah, no, it's, it's interesting that you've never received that feedback, yet you're so conscious and observant of your own behaviors and, the, and those around you, around, around those specific words. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, it's something that I am very conscious of as well. Um, I mean, similar background, similar story, but on my side, like I have received some of that feedback. So I think that's why I've been conscious of it. But um, as, as, as something else you said during the, con during the conversation was, obviously you continue to say you're, you're work in progress as we all are, right? Um, you, but I think you said that some of those looks still get to you. Do you still get those looks or was that something that you just mostly experienced earlier in your career? Mostly early in my career. I, I think they, are, they might still be there. I hope I'm wrong. Um, behind the scenes, I think just because of where I am in my career at this point, um, that they're, they're sort of happening off the record. I hope I'm wrong. I have no, no data to back that up, by the way, but um, yeah. And I do want to say, I did get one piece of feedback now that you know, we're talking about it. And that feedback was, you gotta work on your poker face, Cypher. Mm. Need you to work on your poker face. You, you're, you know, you're, you're just taking names, kicking butt in every other category. This is the one area of improvement that where you need to, that you need to develop. You gotta work on your poker face. And I'm very grateful for that feedback. By the way, Pavel, feedback is a blessing, whatever it is, right? So to all your listeners, embrace feedback, um, run to it, don't run away from it, right? Um, because when you're self-realized and aware of the good, bad, and ugly, it's, again, we talked about a data, right? It's data on you that you can use to to be more strategic and be more, be more uh, holistic in how you show up. I interpreted that as, oh, maybe I'm, maybe I'm reactive in a nonverbal way as well. And, and so that's something that I was not really aware of. Um, and then I became more mindful of, you know, my facial expressions, my body language in meetings. Um, and so that's also something that I, that I sort of like think about in the day-to-day -day as well. And even in the one-on-one -on -one conversations, right? Because I'm, I'm trying to inspire and motivate my team. And, um, you know, how you react to things is, 
just as important as how you guide and lead, you know, work and, and develop people. I, I agree. You mentioned the word inspire, right? Mm-hmm. And something you aim to do. Um, and, I, and I think you're doing just that just by being yourself. Um, I know someone is going to listen to this episode and say, whoa, like he's doing that. That means I can, I can do that. I can embrace more of myself. I can, I can share my story and maybe it will be received positively instead of negatively. Um, but as you look forward, what's one thing that inspires you to continue embracing who you are and continue going through this journey of authenticity? Yeah, I think it is the younger people coming up continue to inspire me. Gosh, you, you guys are fearless. Um, you know, with your, your day hustle, your side hustle, like all kinds of hustle and showing up, just uh, being, uh, expecting transparency, right? And speaking your truth, that inspires me. It's a reverse mentorship situation. When I, when I connect with young people um, and what, you know, how they express themselves, how they, you know, how ambitious they are, um, how how bigger they're dreaming, right? Entrepreneurship is is a true thing. Uh, to think that a Dominican American can own a business and thrive, and you know, uh, is something that I would that would have never crossed my mind. Um, you know, as a younger sort of uh, professional coming up in this in this industry. So that's what inspires me. That's really what motivates me is like, okay, how can I, you know, um, share all the bits of knowledge that I have and help help people avoid the landmines that that I went through, right? Um, Avoid those mistakes. And yet at the same time, you know, young people are filling up my cup with their actions and how, and their voice. Right, um, and I'm I'm speaking specifically about the young Latinos that are doing their thing today, like yourself, Abel, and, and many others who are just uh, you know paving the way. These are trendsetters, you know, um, and I hope you know it's it's a just the beginning of a larger movement. That wraps up this week's episode of the Quintuetas podcast. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, please do us a favor, leave us a rating, write us a review. It'll only help ensure that more of our community hears these stories and experiences so that they feel more empowered to be their most authentic self. Thank you.